Welcome to Sweet Release with Satsi and Sarah. We are recording this on May 25th, um, the day after the really horrible shooting in Texas that killed 18 little children, two teachers, and I mean, you probably have heard about it. It's all over uh, social media right now, and we are deciding to keep this episode focused on lighter things because we are just being bombarded with so much information about the shooting and so much doom scrolling online right now that we wanted this space to exist as a reprieve from that not to um disregard what happened um because we are very much aware of it and thinking of it but more so to um uplift hopefully that's that's the intention um so yeah what's up what's happening with you sarah what, what's up um i'm just drinking this mullion tea i don't know if that's pronounced right mullion mullion i've never heard that word it's apparently really good for clearing like secre- like secretions in your throat and also like uplifting mood so it's also like a mood stabilizer type of herb as well um it's really it doesn't taste that good but it is it's very herbal it has that like very nice herbal flavor and aroma i really like um teas that affect the nervous system Mm -hmm. and you know what else you know how like there's some I'm kind of curious what yours are but you know how there's some things about your body that are just like like your like bodies like hacks and like nobody else does them probably do you know what I mean um not really I can I feel like I might know what you mean my hips open a lot like I can like put my legs all the way down like in butterfly position and I feel like most people can't do that Okay, I can do that. I'm just saying, I can do that. So All the way down? I saw you one time. You couldn't do it. I remember we did yoga. Okay, not all the way, but, like, maybe there's, like, three inches. Yeah, mine don't have any, like, it can even go, like, backwards if I tried. Oh, that's nuts. It's, but it doesn't, like, feel like anything, and I've been able to do that since I was really little. Wait, but what I was, I can put my leg behind my head. Can you do that? Mm-hmm. Can you do that? Oh, you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you have double jointed elbows? No. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I was going to say is, like, I feel like, you know, I've been in my body for a while now, and there are, like, certain things I know about my body that I can, like, do to my body that I'm aware of you because I've like been living here so long and it's like do, do you know don't you have things like that I know like my grandma just, does I feel like I get what you mean but like it's not really something that like someone would put into words like well I like give would, me an example of something that you can do to your body so regarding phlegm there's this, like, certain way. I'll just do it. Okay, I'm going to make a loud noise now. Like, oh wait, I'm shy. Okay. It's like, <laughs> but no. 
I, that was like that was me doing it like timidly it's like eh. <laughs> oh yeah but when I do that around other people they're like oh my god are you okay and I'm like there's no. this there's this girl that sits next to me in this class that I'm taking that does that and it's like so horrendous to me <laughs> <laughs> but like when I do it and I'm sick, or I can just, like, feel, you know, I drink some milk, I have a lot going on in my throat, oh, like, just yeah. the most, like, putrid shit comes up, mm-hmm. and there was this, like, there was this, like, circumstance where this, um, Tibetan, uh, doctor gave me these pills, and I was taking them, and I was doing that cough, and it was black, like, what was coming out of me, it was, like, thick and dark. It was probably dried blood. Really? Mm-hmm. It was, like, um, like, tahini. Tahini is more of, like, an almond color, I thought. Well, not not the color, but the consistency. <laughs> oh, yeah, then it probably was, like, dried blood in your mucus. That was, like, been buried down there for a while. Do you ever think about how, like, no matter how clean you are, there's, like, really gross stuff inside of you at all times? Mm-hmm. Like, bile and all the acids, the hydrochloric acid in our stomach. Like, we are mm-hmm. gross. Like, ha- having an organism is gross. Yeah, and even, like, you know, like, a fingernail isn't gross, until it comes off, and then it's, like, disgusting. hmm I mean, not disgusting, but, like, kind of. It's weird. I, like, okay, so last week we were talking about how, like, I had acrylics, um, <laughs> and then, like, I ripped them all off already because I couldn't, like, handle it anymore, and I just, like, had them in my bag because I did it all <laughs> during class. So, like, when I'd pick up my bag, like, you could hear, like, the acrylics, like, jiggling around in there, and it literally sounded like nails, like... Like, actual, like, like if someone had, like, a jar of, like, toenail clippings or something, like, that's what it sounded like. It was so nasty, but it wasn't, like, actual nails. It was just my acrylic nails that I was ripping off. But it was very painful experience, actually, because, like, the glue, like, was attached to, like, the parts of my skin on the side. So I had to, like, rip it off with, like, my... I felt very barbaric in class, and I was, like, doing it under my mask. I don't know. With your teeth? Yeah. Just, like, ripping it with my teeth. I'm sure someone will have an experience like this. <laughs> no, for sure. I'm just, I'm intrigued. Yeah, it kind of hurt, but it's it's fine now. My nails are already growing back. My nails grow way faster than, like, my hair, and I'm so confused about that. Well, like, your what grows faster kind of, for you? Um, so my nails are, like, I feel like I want to say they're weak. Like, they're always kind of discolored. Like, they never look that good. And I was looking at my mom's nails, and hers are, like, like white. Mine aren't white, like, when they grow in. Like, they're, like, kind of white, but more, like, translucent. So I'm not super happy about that. Um, meanwhile, my hair is nice. Like, I have pretty nice hair, I think. Um... So, yeah, I guess I'm leaning towards hair. Yeah, for me, it's more like my nails grow nicer than my hair. And, like, I'm just starting to, like, see 
like my actual hair kind of grow now I feel like and like the baby hairs I have are like coming out which is weird because when I was little my mom would always do my baby hairs and I feel like I look like how I did when I was little because of that without like having the keratin treatment um is but your yeah natural, is your natural hair curly mm-hmm. it's very curly mm-hmm. interesting yeah is yours naturally straight um yeah it just looks like this I mean like I feel like I'm not like doing it right like I was hanging out with this girl once who was like you know like was like this is my milk makeup do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. I love girls like that like it's fun to be around them you know but like and I guess I wish I was a little more like that but I'm not and she was like doing my hair and I just looked so different and good and she didn't even really do anything and she was just like oh my god I have so much fun with this hair um (laughs) so I think if I like took steps you know what makes my hair look really good Hmm. when I shower and then I have sex yeah I'm just gonna say it (laughs) it's like a blowout yeah I mean but I did get a blowout this one time and it was like maybe this is a white person problem but it was like slimy almost like it was just like do you know what I mean like it was like I don't know, like, every time I touched it, I could just feel, it felt, like, greasy, almost, and, like, stuck to my head. I don't know. Maybe they put too much stuff in it. Yeah. I, yeah, I went to this salon, because they had a, I feel like I'm sounding like Kendall Jenner, and that's really not what I mean. Like, I, I shave my legs frequently, and I'm working on having a beauty routine. I just haven't found one yet. I just want to say that. But I walked into the salon because they had a, a sign outside that said free haircuts. <laughs> and they, like, were kind of disgusted with me. Like, my hair was in really bad shape. It was, like, probably, like, five days without washing it. And I, like, didn't brush it that whole time. And... They, like, she, like, picked up a piece of it and, like, made a, like, grimace and then, like, it fell. And then they were, like, in the, they, there was, like, three girls and they were in the back and they were, like, what are we gonna do? Like, oh, we gotta do this. But they made me look so good. Like, they gave me, at one point, all three of them were working on it and they gave me this, like, cut. I don't know. I just, I can appreciate the artistry of what they did for me. And I think getting a haircut is nice. Yeah, especially with someone that you really trust. Do you have a hairdresser? Mm, I can never keep one, but I got my hair done for graduation at this, like, salon that's, like, walking distance from my house, and the girl that was doing my hair, like, we had a really deep discussion about, like, religion and astrology Mm. and stuff like that because she was, like, she's a youth pastor. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I have her number, so I feel like if I need a haircut, I'll text her because I got, like, a very good vibe and energy from her. How was your graduation? It was good. It wasn't, like, my actual graduation because I didn't go to my actual graduation because I just 
didn't want to, but it was called the pinning ceremony, mm-hmm. which is where like nurses get their like little pin that basically just says that they're board registered nurses, whatever. And then you light a candle and you say your nightingale oath, which is basically like an oath to say that like you will do no harm to the sick and um, you will like provide your services and whatever. So it's like an oath that you take that like Florence Nightingale created. And that was basically what my thing was. Um, What do you think? I have a question for you. Have you ever like done past life regressions yeah you have right yeah I did one and then I did one for my friend what do you mean for your friend like you did it for her like I like narrated it you were the narrator of her I could do it right now (laughs) with me or with you yeah or just like for the listener like we could do it right now for the listener ooh if you don't consent to this past life regression exercise, please skip ahead about probably about five minutes. I'm going to make it quick. You're lying down, like in real life. You like lie down and close your eyes. Close your eyes, Sarah. Like this is an instruction that's happening. Mm-hmm. And you open your eyes and you've been asleep for a really long time. But you feel really great, relaxed, recharged, peaceful, safe. And you're lying in the grass, actually. You're in a forest. And you don't know this place, but you know that it's your very own. And you are alone here. And you're very safe. The temperature is just perfect on your skin. The air feels fresh and cool. And picture your forest now. Picture the trees, the grass. Maybe there's some little animals scurrying around. Butterflies. Maybe it's tropical. Maybe you can hear the sound of the ocean. This is your safe place. And all of a sudden, a little animal comes up to you. And picture this animal. It can be whatever you want, but it will do you no harm. And you know this because you look into its big, gentle eyes. And the animal runs a few feet and looks back at you wishing for you to follow. And so you slowly get up and you follow the animal. And you're following the animal for a while, but you don't mind. It's so beautiful here and you're exploring your surroundings. And the animal leads you to a tree. And this tree is very old. It has a thick trunk and it's tall and it carries a lot of life and history. And carved into the tree is a door. It almost blends into the bark. And the animal stands by this tree and you realize that you're supposed to enter. 
and you don't feel afraid. You feel safe here and you know that nothing bad will happen to you. So you open the door and you see a set of stairs descending down and it's cool inside of the tree. You smell the, the woody air and you know it's it doesn't have the sunlight so it's it's cool and it's a dark place and you feel very safe inside of this tree you know in the heart of this mother and you begin to descend down the stairs and there is a mist rising and it rises all around you obscuring your vision as you step down the stairs and you reach the bottom of the stairs and the mist dissolves. And what do you see? What are you wearing? Who is around you? And where are you? I feel like I was in like the Roman times, but I entered as myself now and I went down and I was like a man. Um, but every time I do like a past life regression like that, I do get the feeling that like I was a man for like a lot of like my past lives. Yeah, you probably were. I mean, I feel like I would I would say that both of us are very grounded in our womanhood in this life and like to me that indicates like the opposite in the past, you know? How we're polarizing with the uh, gender. Mhm. Mm yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because we are very feminine. Like, even our voices are very feminine. Like, the way our S's kind of, like, do that little, like, twirl. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a California thing. And also because we have big teeth. <laughs> yeah, it might be. But it does, like, give more of, like, a, a lighter sense. Yeah. Um, like, it's not as heavy. I mean, we were also raised by strong women. Yeah. Very independent women. Um, but yeah, all I saw was like... But I, I see the same thing every single time. And I'm not sure if it's like my mind making that up or if it's just like the past life that I felt the most comfortable in. My original question that I was going to ask you was like, do you think you experienced the 70s? Like, do you think you experienced, like, Woodstock? I don't know why. I just wanted to ask you that. <laughs> like, before all of this started, that beautiful thing that you just gave us. Wait, I'm trying to, like, get in the vibe of Woodstock. No. You don't think so? Um, no, I mean, I associate that with my mom. 
And like, mm. like when I like can picture it, it's sort of, you know how those photos from like the 70s and the 80s were sort of like yellowish? Mm-hmm. Like it's in those colors when I picture it. So you feel like you didn't you didn't go to Woodstock or anything in a past life or like you didn't experience that sort of like life because I don't think I have either and that makes me like very sad for my soul like for my like I didn't experience that sort of like adrenaline because I don't think I ever was like alive in the 70s. Well I think Woodstock is all around us. Yeah it's a greater concept than just one sort of point in history. What's really interesting... Wait, go ahead. Mm -hmm. You. I just feel like I would go and, like, I would be, like, sitting there and I'd be, like, kind of hot and thirsty, you know, and, like, some guy named, like... I feel like people back then were named, like, Mosquito. Like, some guy (laughs) named Mosquito is, like, trying to get me to go on the love bus, you know, and I'm, like... No, I'm good. And then, like, my friend Cheryl, like, trips on her skirt. And, like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's just, like, mundane. Like, just, like, everything. Yeah, I I like that, though. There's a part of me that really enjoys that sort of meaninglessness part of life. Um, But I guess everything does have, like, meaning because if the opposite is true, then, like, anyways. Um... My uncle went to Woodstock when he was, like, 16 or something, and I was thinking about him a lot today for some reason. He <laughs> passed away, <laughs> He passed away like, three years ago, and I it was really sad because um, the last time I saw him was for my cousin's, uh, like, Bino Mitzvah for, like, their, their thing, their coming-of-age thing, and... He was just, like, so happy, and he was, like, telling me about, like, Woodstock and stuff, and he, like, yeah, he, like, got in a V, it was, like, such a dream, it was, like, a haze that, like, he transported me in, and, like, when you were telling that thing, it kind of, like, reminded me of that, like, that kind of, like, trance that people are able to put another person in with, like, the words that they choose, and he was, like, telling me about, like, his time at Woodstock when he went, like, with his VW and stuff, with his wife. But it was, like, his girlfriend at the time, who was, like, way younger than him, which is just, like, a whole nother thing that is not okay. But she ended up passing away, and, like, a week later, he passed away, and he was, like, completely healthy. Mm, Like, he definitely, yeah, he definitely died of a broken heart. Um, But it's just so interesting. Like, I sometimes wish that we lived in a world where phones and stuff, like, haven't been created yet. Like, if you were to tell someone in, like, the Woodstock area, like, if you were to, like, teleport yourself there and be like, hey, this is my iPhone, play with it, they would literally lose their minds. Yeah. I'm kind of, here. okay, here's what I'm feeling right now. I'm feeling really sad that my father didn't get to go to Woodstock because I think he would have really loved it. And I'm, like, wishing or, like, sending my love to, like, a reality where he could have been there. I just think he would have mm. had a great time, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm also feeling, like, you know, I'm an influencer. You're an influencer. We spend a lot of time on the phone. Like, everyone does, but, like, I... 
I'm like very focused on my phone. And that wasn't the case for me before this year. And I'm like enjoying it, I think, but I'm very nostalgic for like times when it wasn't like that. And I also think there's like the rose colored glasses thing with that. I don't know. When was the last time you had like a really magical moment? You know what I mean? I think the last time I had like a truly magical moment type thing was at my, when I lit the candle, when I was saying the Florence Nightingale thing, but that's just like a very mm -hmm. generic or like I did that. I don't know. It was like beautiful because I was like all, all these girls and guys were all wearing white. Um, but I, yeah, I think another time like that is when me and my lover went to like the beach, like at night. And just, like, stood there, like, holding each other, like, watching the waves. And then all of a sudden, like, someone came, like, walking up, like, from, like, the shore down below. And it was just kind of weird because, like, that we didn't see that person. And we were there for, like, three hours, like, just watching. And it's like, how, like, where did you come from? It was very strange. But it, like, felt, like, very magical in a way. Um, what about you? Mm. Yeah, it's been a really long time, honestly. Um, there, there have definitely been, okay, I can think of, Jan and I had, we said a prayer that I really like together, and it's very heady, and then we were, like, sitting in that energy and, like, talking, and it was, like, nighttime, and that was pretty nice, um, and I'm sure, like, I made some memories when I was in Germany, but um, the one that really sticks out to me, I was with an old friend and a new friend, and, like, um, a, about a year ago, and we, Philadelphia has a lot of really old hotels that were, like, gilded age era just like gorgeous like marble everything and it also has a lot of clubs this is a funny thing about Philly like um clubs that you're like born into essentially like the Freemasons but also just these like really like old money really exclusive clubs and this one night we were we got drunk and we literally snuck into every function like, we were at, like, four weddings. We were eating, like, little sandwiches. We were getting, like, drinks made at the counter. um, Just, like, and, you know, it was, like, the thrill of, like, getting away with it, you know, and, like, seeing how these people live. And, like, there was, like, one moment where, like, we had, like, snuck into this. um, It was some sort of, like, event in this, like, really fancy bar that you need a reservation for, like, advance you know and we decided we were tired of that but there was like no way for us to leave and then we were like going down these stairs and you know feeling like the thrill and the fear of that and then we like burst into this like spa that was like a hot tub and they like grabbed us and they were like this place is closed there's a private event happening and they put us on the elevator I don't know it was just one of those times where like everything lined up so perfectly like, you know, and, um, have you seen The Princess Bride? Mm-hmm. Yes. At the end, when they're like, well, what do we do now? 
And then the Andre the Giant is like, well, I got these four white horses. You know, it was like that. Yeah, I love that movie. It's, uh, I love that movie so much. I feel like if you and your lover don't symbolize, like, the the princess and the whatever. I don't even think he was a prince. He was more of, like, a bandit that yeah. just, like, stole her heart. But, like, they grew up together and, like, they, like, have, like, this sort of connection that's unbeatable. Like, if you guys don't resemble that or, like, your sort of connection, I don't know. It's just, like, such a good movie to describe, like, true love and, like, how it kind of, like, falls into place in such weird ways and how, like, you guys are meant to be together and you guys will always kind of, like, find a way to be with each other and the world will make it work for you as well. That's what The Princess Bride means to me. And that you'll have friends in common or, like, you'll have, like, a community in common or something. Because it is a love story, but it's also really funny, like, the chess game that they play. Oh, my gosh, my favorite. (laughs) It is really funny. It's, like, you, like, laugh out loud watching that. Yeah. I'm thinking, though, like, do you think, I don't know, this is so hypothetical, but just, like, the storyline where it's, like, you meet your true love and then he disappears and, like, some other guy comes and you get married to him, but you, like, never stop thinking of your true love. How do you feel about that? Um... People have different life paths. Like, it can happen for you. It's a very, like, it's a trope that God likes to use a lot. Yeah, God likes to use that for sure. <laughs> yeah, he does. I think he thinks it's cute. Um, you can fall in love with anyone. No. No? You can't fall in love with everyone. I mean, maybe you can. <laughs> um... I think if, like, in the right circumstance, I think I could. And, like, some of those might be pretty extreme, but, like, yeah, I think I have the capacity to be in love with anyone. Yeah. I feel like I can romanticize everyone for a time, but then, like, reality, like, starts to, like, sink in. And it's, like, you can't maintain that love, like, forever with a specific person, like, with specific people. Like, can you keep that fire burning for someone? Like, always have that enthusiasm for that? Because it's really hard, especially if you've tried it. Yeah, I have tried it. Have you? Yeah. Mm. It doesn't, it doesn't work. I think, I think in our modern world, you know, where there's, like, a lot of factors to love that are, like, ultimately irrelevant, but, like, in our world, they're relevant. I think it's, like, more difficult and, like, as heartbreaking as it is, you have to be practical. But, like, think about arranged marriages and, like, people who were, like, stuck in a jail cell and became lovers. Like, think about Stella Barry and the homeless Marine. Like... People do all sorts of stuff. What's Stella Berry and the Homeless Marine? Um, she's a very successful porn star. I want to say what well, I don't know the the numbers, but like I want to say she's one of the best porn stars, and she's really cute because she's really 
into it. Like, genuinely, it's, like, her passion. Um, yeah. But she has, like, a crazy origin story where she was, like, I want to say she was going to UCLA or something, and she was volunteering at this um, homeless shelter, and this man comes in and just, like, knocks her off her feet, and she's, like, she starts living with him in his van, and, like, I think they're, like, making porn while she's, like, working at this job and pretending not to know him, like, from 9 to 5, and, like, now they're filthy rich and they live in Puerto Rico and make porn. (laughs) That's nice. Uh, That's a really good story. It's really interesting because I feel like we're all conditioned to think that like porn is like really taboo and it's something to look down upon and it's like a disturbing thing. But it's like, and the people who do like watch porn excessively like no no like that's bad like an addiction to that is very like not good like you should seek help for that um but it's also an art form if you think about it yeah I think like I don't know if we should open this box, Sarah. Like, I feel like I could talk about porn for hours. Like Instead of the Pandora's box, it's porn box. I think everyone has a truth. And life is about a couple of things. But one of those things is following your truth. And, like, letting it be stronger than all the other voices. And, you know, you make your own codes, you make your own rules, you decide what's right and what's wrong for you, and you try to find that path, or you wait for it to find you, because it will. Um, and I don't want to make, like, any blankets. St- I'm sorry, I'm just, like, I'm, like, I feel like a professor right now. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, maybe porn like the ideal porn user is like you know someone who's like working the night shift and like really just needs to like get away like you know his wife is like far away I don't know (laughs) yeah um I watched the or I listened to the podcast with um Chloe Cherry I forgot which podcast it was on but the way like she described like her love for porn, like, her love for doing it, it kind of, like, shifted my attitude on it, and it was, like, oh, that's actually kind of cool, like, like, you found something that you really enjoy, and, like, it makes you a lot of money, so that's good. Mm. You know, it's so funny, Satsi. Okay, so, remember last week how we were talking about, like, acrylic nails, and how, are your nails acrylic, by the way? They are, right? The Let me tell you. They're really good patterns, though. Like, you I tell. had a dream about you getting those literally your hand like in my dream like those nails specifically and it was a weird dream it was a dream that like I was um sometimes I just have dreams where like I'm walking around town (laughs) like where I'm just like shooting the shit like just going back and forth like town or something and then I saw you in a nail salon with like two other girls and 
like you got the white ones and they got the pink one and like another one got a pink one and then another one got like a blue one and then like you came out and like you showed me like all three of you like showed me and oh, you sh and I remember you showing me like your white nails and stuff and you're like I finally got them and I was like oh cool and then I started like on my merry way like back to wherever I was going <laughs> but you're like making a cameo in my dream and when I saw your TikTok of like your nails I was like whoa <laughs> that's cool it was so weird yeah I, I feel like I dream a lot about everyone do you dream a lot about people I haven't I like shifted my sleep schedule and so I like haven't been dreaming um I write them down but I can't really remember I dream a lot about like really big houses that have like a lot going on inside of them and are very intricate almost like doll houses mm -hmm. and like wandering through them or like there's like a mission um I dream about oh I love the missions the missions yeah have you gone to them wait like the the missions in California yeah. Yeah, did you know that they set them up so that each one is, like, one day on horse away from the next? Yeah, I remember that. That was smart of them, low-key. It was really smart. They had a bunch of, like, smart things that they did with that. It was kind of, like, <laughs> kind of traumatizing, though, to, like, see, like, where the people who would, like, work on the mission would sleep, though, like, the mm -hmm. conditions and stuff. But other than that, it's, like, really beautiful. Um, but, so your dreams are like that? They're, like, in, like, little, like, how, there is one house that I frequent a lot that also looks like a mission, but it's more of, like, okay. a castle. Okay, pin the dream combo. We need to talk about missions. Um, <laughs> it's kind of hard for me to, you, you know, you step into these, like, beautiful compound vibe structures that like really do feel holy and like feel so like they just feel like they belong in the landscape but there's also this like it's like how can you be holy and see people like that you know and treat people the way that they did they would give mm -hmm. them like a loaf of bread for the week and be like make it work oh my gosh really yeah like have you seen like the the um like, the quarters or whatever where they would stay, there would be, like, four people to, like, one single pallet of wood, which was their bed. I remember crying and, like, mm -hmm. looking at my English teacher, who was, like, the one that brought us, and I'm like, this isn't right, and she was like, Sarah, calm down, because I was, like, one of those children that would just be very loud and obnoxious when I saw something <laughs> that was, like, wrong, you know, and, like, I remember giving money to, like, a homeless person when we were over there, like, in San Diego, and my English teacher, like, snapping my hand back oh that's kind of weird yeah I mean but, I she's responsible but yeah I guess so but you're right about the whole justification of like you're trying to put something into someone else's mind but it's also a little bit of hypocrisy being there I I don't know I think more so I'm I'm feeling like I want to say that someone 
who has a mission from God to like build these places and like create these communities like that's like a very powerful and potent thing um but then I'm like how can you be holy if you, this is like there's like this side to it you know yeah I guess you can argue like the utilitarian concept of it's like well if one person suffers but then like 50 people get to live a beautiful life then is it like wouldn't you rather have like the one person suffer than like the 50 people suffer yeah but it's, only if I was that person if you were the one person suffering yeah I couldn't let it be someone else yeah, I, I get that, but it's also very, like, well, yeah, that's that's your agenda. I would do that, too. I mean, I think any sane person would be the person to, like, suffer. I mean, I don't know, actually. There's a lot of people who would be like, okay, you're the one person. Go ahead. Do you know it's one of the worst feelings? Hmm. When someone who is doing badly acknowledges that you're doing well oh because then you feel guilty about where they are at yeah or like more so that like I have more than them yeah that's a very like binary way to look at it and I know it's not just like that but I just I hate mm -hmm. that not that it's, like, happening all the time, but, you know, like... <laughs> I, I feel that. I haven't felt like that in a long time, though. I think it's more because it's, like, thank you for congratulating me, but, like, I have so much more work to do, and, like, so do you. So yeah. let's just, like, put the emotions aside and work with what we're supposed to be doing. The last time I went to a mission, I think I was, like, eight, and it was in San Juan Capistrano. Like that one is the best. Oh, really? Yeah. I think so. It's really nice. I got one of those um, crosses. Well, my mom got it from the gift shop, and it hung in my room, like, my whole life. I wonder what happened to that. I feel like when I was, like, you know, like a rebel teen, I was like, I'm getting rid of this cross. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my mom would put crosses on like the doors like when you enter and exit the door like she would put like um a cross made out of like the um the corn husk I forgot what it's called in Spanish but I know what you're talking I, about I would like put it backwards <laughs> to like just scare her oh that's kind of funny yeah. my my roommate in college she like hung up an American flag on the wall and then, like, after a couple months, when she became, like, radicalized, she, like, hung it upside down. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's still the American flag. Like, that's what I don't get, especially when people, like, would wear those, like, MAGA hats, but it would say something different. It's like you're still kind of, like, perpetuating that image into someone else's mind, thus giving them more energy. Like, yeah. what is your end goal? <laughs> it's still, like, that brand, you know? Mm -hmm. but I'm really interested in that you dream in dollhouses or that you dream in like do, does it feel like miniaturized um no but I, I feel aware of like the entirety of it you know like it's like when you're like playing with a dollhouse you're like 
looking in the one room but you know that there's like the big house with like all the other rooms mm-hmm. um I would like go into one room and it would be like the last place I was like with someone I loved and then I'd be like I can't handle this and I'd go into another room and it would be like a bus stop that dream that you're telling me about <clears throat> oh my gosh this mullion tea is like really pulling out the secretions let it out, girl. I think it's interesting the concept that people that hum- humans have made of like rooms leading to like different places, but like it's all in the same house. Like, I wonder what like that sort of labyrinth imagery like got into someone. Like, where did that originate from? Have you ever been to Hearst Castle? No, what's that? It's um like a castle in California. Some rich family made it and then some lonely bachelor ended up taking it for like a while and then he ended up donating it to a state when he passed away and there's like this um like the downstairs of it is a pool and it's like an indoor pool that like just is all around the house and like people would just like swim in it like in like the 40s like when they would have parties mm-hmm. and stuff and it's like very labyrinth vibes and it's really big um but you should go there you would really like it there's also another place in Florida called, like, Viscara, Viscari Gardens. I feel like places like that have, like, a lot of energy. And, like, you're yeah. able to, like, be transported into that, like, time frame when, like, the, their energy was, like, most alive. Like, when you go to, like, the Hearst Castle, like, you generally feel like you're in, like, the Great Gatsby or something. Like, it's a beautiful feeling. And um, also, I, I'm thinking of, like, the vibe of, like, walking around in there and, like, your arms are crossed. And you're wearing mm-hmm. a sweater and you're sort of like looking at things and it's like, I don't know, you've got your brochure, like something about that. Yeah, it's, the tourist energy is really nice. Being a tourist is nice. My boyfriend's mom is like a dream, she like studies dreams and she told me it's really good for you if you could be a hero in your dream or like try to be mm. like if you're in like a nightmare or you're afraid or something's chasing you and you turn around and face it and you can like and you like try to save everyone that yeah. that's really healthy to do oh my gosh wait tell me what your dream was about that you pulled up your dream journal for uh, <laughs> um <laughs> i was in my dad's mom's house with like two very random people like a girl I was acquainted with in high school and a boy I had a thing with like years ago and we were just like sitting on the carpet on the ground and then there was a knock on the door and we were like oh like what's that let's see And it was this really giant puffy baby, like six foot, seven feet tall, like sumo wrestler baby with like really sharp teeth. And he was smiling and we were like, oh, like it's a happy baby, you know. And then he started chasing me and he picked me up and he squeezed me so hard. Like I thought I was going to burst and like I like barely got away and he was just like chasing me around the room trying to like squeeze me and like bite my head and like squish my head like stitched it and Lilo and Stitch 
and I had some like extra strength or something and I like came up behind him and I put like a burlap sack over him and then I was like oh my god trigger warning I was like beating the sack against the wall like I was like like die die you know I mean this was not a normal baby you guys this was like it was like a monster baby and then it like popped like there was like a poof inside the bag and deflated and the people were like yay but I was feeling like so disturbed you know and then I it just his little clothes fell out of the bag and I was like so disturbed and then I left the room to go like think about that and the baby was in my bed like waiting for me like smiling evilly and he got out of the bed and he hung up a picture of my grandpa like he had it like a black and white photo of him and he hung it above the bed and then left <laughs> my grandma says you have to be careful who you tell your dreams to also I know it's like a thing that people are like oh like I hate when someone tells me their dream but I love hearing people's dreams I love it I know I love again being transported somewhere else other than my own mind yeah I'm like so what's wrong with you <laughs> Do you want me to think, do you want me to tell you what I think that was about? Yeah, sure. I think it was about you fighting, like, immaturity within adulthood or, like, people, like, acting like children when they're, like, full-grown adults or something like that and, like, your hatred for that and maybe even, like, your father being like that or something. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you one of my dreams that I had that, like, like what you said like being the hero I was like oh like the most traumatic dream I've ever had like I was the hero in it oh, and it was good. so yeah it was weird it was like I went to this mall and that was like super famous and then my dad was like picking me up from the mall and I was like signing autographs or something um and then like I went outside of the mall to like be picked up and I like looked to the side of me and there was like a volleyball game going on and like I knew everyone I was like playing volleyball and I always see this one specific girl like in my dreams and if you have like a reoccurring person that comes to your dreams then they are said to be like your spirit guide or like the projection of your spirit guide and me and this girl like barely kind of talk in real life but like she does like we're very acquainted like she comes over sometimes like I go over to her house sometimes but we're not like super best friends but like I always see her in my dreams I've never told her that and I don't think I will because it's kind of weird but like every time I see her in my dream I like know like okay I need to be paying attention because she's like my spirit guide um and then so my dad picks me up and then my dad needs to go get gas so like he pulls over to like get gas and then like we keep on driving and then there's like this cliff that like he parked at or something like that so then we go to like the cliff and then the cliff like starts like shaking and then like it starts kind of like collapsing downward and then like I look down and there's like people like holding on because like half of the cliff has already been kind of like demolished and like we didn't know like we just kind of like pulled over to look at the view and then so like I walked over because like people were like holding on it was like very it was kind of like the seven the seven hells or whatever like Dante's Inferno vibes because like you were just like staring down at the abyss like I was just like staring down into the abyss and it was like very beautiful though like that the way that it looked and everything it was like very scenic it kind of looked like Pacific Coast Highway um but I was like trying to save these people and like I was 
like I remember like this little girl like at the very end and like I went and like I saved her and my dad was like screaming at me like Sarah what are you doing like don't go over there and then I was like trying to help like the rest of the family and then this one girl with like black hair different girl I've never seen this girl in my life before maybe I have because apparently like you see people in your dreams that you've seen before and she was like trying to push me off the cliff because she wanted to like to live or whatever and she like just like pushed me and like I remember like feeling like her like pushing me like so hard and like I was holding on and like I could feel my nails like starting to come off because of how hard I was like holding on to the cliff and like I wouldn't let her push me off of it but like, I also didn't her like push her off because like I had that like I could have easily like pushed her off and like you know made her fall but like I didn't and it was like so traumatizing though because like I could feel like her pushing my chest yeah, I don't know. It feels good to talk about your dreams because now it feels like that's not going to be in my subconscious anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <clears throat> Do you think that was about, like, people, like, fighting to get what they want, like, fighting to live, fighting to be on top, like, scarcity? Yeah, definitely. I mean, with the ground literally, like, caving in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, just about that. It's um, a heartbreaking reality. It is. It's something that, like, I don't really like to talk about either. I haven't, like, why don't you like talking about it? Because it's the fact that one person will always have to suffer the most or like there's a burden to be held and it's not going to be an equal one i've been thinking about how every time i get like a good deal that's like at the expense of others you know like i mean if you buy like like a ten dollar shirt at, at the end of that, on, like, the far other side of that is, like, someone suffering because it was $10 for you, you know? Well, yeah. Phones, electronics, your house. I don't know. It's just, like, a lot of unequalness. And there's I also, like, the scarcity resource thing as well. I mean, that's not... That's an illusion. Yeah, it is, but it's an illusion that we're trapped in. And the world kind of, like, reminds us of that. Something I say to myself a lot recently is I say to myself, I am already baked in, and there is nothing for me to reach for or strive towards because I am already baked in, and that is helpful to me. That's kind of like fate. I hate how I always go back to fate. Yeah, I was thinking, like, fast fashion and fate. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good title. It's a hard pill to swallow, and I think in a lot of conversations can be very reductionary. Is that a word? Like, reductionist? I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I think these are words. It's Mercury Retrograde. You can create your own words. Ooh la la. Mon chéri. Um, but I think 
it's it's been really empowering for me in my journey on earth that when I suffer or I experience hardship and you know like God knows I do we all do that's like what this is like when I do to be able to own it and look at it as more of like a zoomed out picture where I can see how and I can't always see this super clearly but just being aware that I create the conditions for my own suffering um Mm-hmm. And I don't look at other people's suffering and think that about them. I like I don't, you know, like I think it's important to have compassion. Um to see other people in pain like you would see your own children to an extent, but like for me personally, knowing that I am, like, the master of my destiny, and, like, I don't know, it's getting kind of late, and this is, like, hard, I want to say this right, you know, and I feel like I'm not saying it perfect. Like, you control your actions, your words, your feelings, you are in complete control at all times. And that, um, The mind creates our reality and our, like, perception of our reality is all through the mind and all through what we choose to focus on. And, like, it can be really hard to get out of, like, a depressive spiral or just, like, a low vibration. But it's, like, I know and I think even if I'm lying in bed all day, like, I know I have the key to, like, get out of that, you know? Like, maybe I don't choose to use it all the time, but, like, I, like, know how to be okay, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think everyone does. Yeah. Most definitely. Well, it's an exciting life to live. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I feel like the luckiest person in the world a lot of the time. Yeah. That must be a nice feeling. I feel like that as well, sometimes, but it's it's not like a constant feeling. It's more of like just tints and glimmers of like being so completely blessed with the mind that I have and like the resources around me and what um, the higher source has provided me with. And I think, I think it's just such a special experience in this life and like a universal human experience to get to know yourself so well like to know your body your mind your emotions your patterns and like to love yourself in spite of it all Mm -hmm. it's very sweet Do you ever think, we could just like wrap up with this, do you ever think of like an inner child moment that like makes you love yourself, like when you remember that? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is it? (laughs) Um, I don't know. There's a lot of them. Because I was a very sweet child. Like, and I'm not saying that and being like, I really was, though. Like, I had to be, like, watched extra carefully because there were times that, like, I was, like, almost kidnapped, like, several times. 
because of like just like how I was as like a baby. Um, you were always kid that. Yeah, once at a mall in Arcadia. You're always at the mall. Because <laughs> <laughs> my mom was like just like that. She's a Sagittarius. Come on, we know this. Um, and then like several times like in Mexico. But yeah, I just like remember like just like putting on my little outfits with like my little like princess shoes that like were plastic and stuff and just like walking around my house like that. I don't know. It's nice to like retreat back to those moments. I feel like a lot of kids remember being stolen at the mall. Wait, 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 wait. You never told the story. Of being almost stolen? Yeah. I don't want to. It's kind of dark. For me, it was... I was at Chuck E. Cheese. You know, I love Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> I'm just going to yeah. say, I love I loved that place. That was my... That was my retreat. That was my... It was my everything. Um... I was in the, um, it was like, it was like, um, like a, a jungle gym situation that was very intricate and there was balls in it and like net and I was really high. It probably wasn't that high, but you know, when you're little, it was like 30 stories high and there was a little girl there who was crying and I like went over to her and I was like, what's wrong? And she was like, I'm scared. I can't get down. And I was like, come on, come with me. And I took her hand and I brought her down. And her parents were like, I don't know why it was such a big deal, but they were like, oh my God, thank you. Like, we were so worried. Like, and she was like, thank you for saving me. And I was like, no problem. And like ran back up into the, into the ball pit. <laughs> oh my gosh, little hero. Yeah. That's nice. It's important to keep memories like that with you. I mean, I didn't, I didn't remember that until just now. Hmm. It's funny how things come and go like that. Yeah. All right. Thanks, you guys. See you next time.